Yo, welcome to the My City Podcast. Yo, 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 welcome back to all my- You're choking, fam. <laughs> yo, 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 welcome back to the My City Podcast, episode 37. You got your boy, Big Sam, what are you saying? Or your boy, Iri, what are you saying, B? How's it going, people? What's good, bro? I'm good, boy, you telling me? I haven't seen you in a minute, man. Yeah, last I see you, I saw you- um, I see you last week, fam. I see you last week? Yeah. When? No, a week before, still. Been a couple weeks, been a couple weeks. Yeah, because well, you went- Paris and the, yeah, Paris, bruv, shut down Instagram and that, man. Come on, man. How to do it properly that, still. That's the biggest number of likes, isn't it? I didn't even look at it. What were you looking for me? Nah. Well, what did I get? I <laughs> <laughs> like, meet you as well. <laughs> you said shit. You got my like share in the pod as well. My guy, what are you saying? Yo, bro? good evening, everyone. Uh, lips yeah, to mic, lips saying? to mic, still lips to mic. Man. Pretend it's your. Can you? Can you now? Yeah, 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 lips yeah. to lips to lips. You know what? His name's not Shay though. His name's Shay. Yeah, but you got. Right, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this again. Huh? <laughs> His uh, tell us the story behind the Shay Show and all that. Do you know, what? I'm not like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> sold out. Oh, wow. Do you know, what? You're, you're like the he's like probably the hundredth person that's probably told me that before. So, um, where did Shay come from? I don't so, think it's a sellout. Don't worry, bro. Yeah. So, where was I? So I was at uni. I was actually. So anyone who's met me before 2009 was actually calling me Shayon. Even that, that's yeah, just I know. Like, as well, that's I know. a shame. And anyone who was met me before 2007, yeah, yeah, we're still calling me Sean. So what happened was I went to, um, I went to uni, moved in, moved in with uh, accommodation people, so I was telling my name was Sean. Like, you know what, that's a bit too hard, so we're gonna call you Shay. And then it stuck, and then from there, I just kind of just thought, because Sean is Sean is like a very so obviously my last name I thought like there must be like dozens go on Facebook go on LinkedIn there'll be dozens of yeah, Sean mind away, yeah. yeah and then from there it kind of just I kind of just thought how can I like in a, in a cheesy way how can I have like a branding name and then from there I just kind of had Shay okay. or Lupono and then yeah so I've just kind of just used it more professionally and also yeah. because if I want to just keep stuff separate really so um, so obviously my name is Sean uh but everyone professionally calls me Shay. But yeah, anyone who's close to me actually calls me Sean. So no, but don't, don't you have to change that by deed pool like, to be officially Shay? <laughs> no. So whenever- Like you, Irae Chills and that thing. It's a little nickname and that. you crazy, bro. That's different, bro. It's a nickname still there. Yeah, Shay is there and that, like, you know that? So- Because your name's simple basic, isn't it, fam? Like, far, yeah, yeah, you know. Bro, so I got a couple names still, bro. So yeah. obviously my government is a lot longer than that. So, yeah, so our government is obviously a lot longer than that, but um, professionally, everyone just calls me Shay, really. Say that, cool. say so, that. this episode 37, you said, yeah, episode 37, quickly tell them about episode 36. So, if you haven't listened to episode 36, tune in already. We spoke about interfaith dating, you know, we had a friend Raifa from Mostly Lit come on and uh, she spoke about. <clears throat> You know, what is Ah, oh, this is episode 38, Yeah, we ain't dropped that, innit? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, episode 38 and actually did intro again. No, no, it's come, it's come. So this is episode 38, obviously. You know how yeah. we record? We record a lot for you guys, innit? To give you more content yeah. for your head. Shout out for So we, uh, that was episode 37. We spoke about uh, interface dating, what it's like being a black um, Muslim woman and all some of the, you know, stigmas around that. And also, I'll uh, get some tips about whether you can date someone who's got a different religion to you or no religion at all and what, what that involves. Um, 
<laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Yo, bad as you because you looked in it anyway. Yeah, um, I know you, man. The very reactions out there. Let me see. In this episode, um, Sam, what are we talking about? I was okay. Right, let's bring the thing that. Now, basically, um, very important topic today. We wanted to kind of talk about um, dealing with bereavement, basically, like dealing with the loss of a loved one. Be that a family member, be that a close friend, do you know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of stigmas and there's a lot of unspoken issues in our community, in the black community. But to be honest, this can also extend beyond our community. Like, you know, if you're listening in and you're not of the black community, there may be little nuggets and little things that you can relate to in this episode. And yeah, um, we thought, you know, me and Ire have had... You know, we've had certain experiences with individuals, what our good friend share as well. Um, sadly, like lost his mother. Um, was it two, two years, years now. ago? Now, yeah, been two years. Two now. years ago. Yeah. And we thought he would be a very good person to get on to speak about his experience, and also, Shay is the oldest of. Um, he's got like younger siblings, so you know, as a Nigerian person, we thought there are some things that he's dealt with as being the oldest person. Um, this situation and maybe he can shed some light on it and yeah essentially we we kind of uncover the unspoken about issues and find solutions for them so yeah that's it in a nutshell cool cool all right so uh let's start it and obviously the reason why this is very important like sam very brilliantly said is that a lot of people in our community are, are suffering internally and sometimes there's a lack of ability there's a lack of resources available that's going to help them deal mm. with that those, those traumatic experiences to cope with it um, especially from ends people mm. have lost friends yeah, man. Uh, but it's interesting hearing now about people losing family as well yeah, and I just want to talk to you about that experience and talk about any tips he has mm. so with that in mind cool so obviously first um, yeah, well, like, agenda, you, like, what, what are the different ways of living a loved one because you said bereavement right yeah, man. I feel like people still lose loved ones maybe loved ones travel overseas for life or uh, loved ones just move on. I feel oh, like okay, so you're saying not just like not just, death, not just death, because you can lose a lot. You can lose things, mm. people, and they, they don't have ne- they haven't necessarily died. Mm, mm, one mm. of my closest friends is moving away to America. That's it. She's yeah, gone. Yeah, I ain't going to America anytime soon. Shout out C and that. Yeah, come on, right? Yeah, you love your nicknames, but they always work. So it's cool. <laughs> you can't even call shit S. Actually, uh, too many on. S's. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, <clears throat> that's an interesting one yeah. though. But I guess because you mentioned bereavement. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. I guess bereavement is probably it's got a lot of mental um, aspects to it as well because you know that that person is not living on this earth. Yeah, so I guess you can't no compare it to traveling because so. you're that person can still still there. You can still text even them, if they're not attainable because maybe let's say they moved to Antarctica and there's no way of ever getting to them or whatever you kind of know that they're, still, they're still living and breathing on this earth whereas I guess with death like so you're you thinking just breathing today, yeah? no I think it's a very good very good point to, to make still like obviously if we're talking about death different ways of losing people you know you're talking about health issues you're talking about cancer which has like risen. has cancer risen a lot or like is is it know, just more like coming to the face in the 1980s moment? Or right, if the 1800s, mm. people died. People had people would health would would it would deteriorate, mm. but you didn't know what to call it. Mm. Like a lot of people said that there's not really cancer Juju in Nigeria, and right? Yeah. What the? No. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what people called it then, Tyner. Yeah, or Juju and something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, in your, in your opinion, like where, where do you even begin to talk about a topic like that? Like how, if someone says to you, "What does it mean?" Like how do you even begin to talk about it? Um, I think, I think what I kind of 
I think to begin with, I think it's how do you talk um, when we when we say bereavement? What do we do? You mean are we talking about how do you cope with life after the event, or how do you basically what your experience is like after living that said person? I think no one's. I think to clarify, no one's ever come up to me and been like, "So how do you deal with bereavement?" People have more or less just been like, um, "How do you deal with the?" So how do you deal? So obviously, because like it's not something that you have when you someone meets you, they're like, "Oh." Uh, oh, so we might be having a conversation and just be like, oh, so where are your parents? And they'll be like, oh, my dad's here and I never mentioned my mum. Be like, oh, so how's your mum? And they'll be like, then I'll get into yeah, the topic yeah. of saying, oh, yeah. that she passed. And it would be like, okay, so how have you dealt with that? No one ever outrightly then comes to you and says, how do you deal with it? Because it sometimes is an uncomfortable conversation to have. 100. So how do you deal with that? So I think, I know it's an interesting one because I guess... It's just to clarify, especially because everyone deals with bereavement in different ways. Mm. Um, say, for example, my experience or what's happened in my family might not necessarily be the same for someone else because mm. I've had friends and family who've had the same thing happen to them mm. at different ages and different stages and everyone has dealt with it mm. in a completely different way. Mm. So I think even it was just clarifying, especially um, for my experience, it might be similar to someone else who might be listening, but it's just to clarify one thing is that not everyone has the same sad experience yeah, people yeah. do grieve in different ways yeah. and i think especially it'd be it'd be good to be able to like uh express how i dealt with certain topics yeah. and then you know Compare just it. and try and understand that as well okay so yeah. cool so, so, uh, so you mentioned you lost your mom two years ago yeah, yeah. like how, how did you lose her um so I think so I'll give just the, to paint a picture and just give everyone a bit of information about background about myself and my family so cool. um, as Sam had mentioned so I was born and raised in Peckham um, uh, lived in Acorn Estate for anyone who knows Jeez. where that is come on um, done, no, done, no. as you know what actually for the <laughs> most part I mean it was it was, it was an interesting place I think like I met I met some of my uh, it was the ghetto blood. That's what I mean. I met. I met some of the people. Some of the show, and then he sold out. Never that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like Acorn was. In honesty, Acorn was probably. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the nicest. But it was. You felt it was. It was a sense of community. You felt like you. Everyone knew everyone. Most yeah. people. Um. And yeah, I think some of the some of the my. The most interesting events of the reminiscing about it. Smiling in that. Oh, good. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So born and raised in Acorn Estate. Obviously, my mum, dad, my uh, my dad, my mum and dad did uh, odd jobs to try to support us. So I lived there. So in that house, I shared with uh, basically almost three of my siblings. And then we then we moved uh, to to Novit. So they obviously knocked down Acorn Estate. Then we moved to an area called Nunhead. Which is basically Peckham anyway. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. And so then, and then with my family, I'd always had, I'd always had quite a close relationship with my mum in that she, she ultimately is the reason why I'm at where I am today. And it was, it was kind of, it was just kind of a sudden event because a lot of people who meet me now today will just comment on how, um, like I'm not very, I'm not a very argumentative person. I'm very, I think I'm quite calm and patient if you ever met me at that time it was very had a really really short temper really really used to get into fights all the time yeah, very peckham a very very <laughs> very peckham <laughs> i guess yeah. and but then nobody would actually ever believe any of that and then i think it was i think it was around i think one one of the mon monumental events for me was i think i was around the age of 
nine or ten years old, and I was I think it was just before I'd gone to primary school, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd broken the teacher's arm by <laughs> my boy. <laughs> I'd broken the teacher's. You know all about that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd broken the teacher's arm, but I picked up a piece. Of, I picked up a chair. Yeah, essentially whacked it on the teacher's arm. Um, one of my close family friends, their dad, had had to come. <laughs> I'd be like, Sean, what are you doing? Like, you like, why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and I just, I think it was the reason why that was monumental for me is because, like I said, I've always been, I've always been class close. My mum, my mum was always complaining that I always had like a really bad temper. Mm-hmm. And I think it was that moment where it was in the room and something she started to cry, okay. and something changed in me. And then from that point on just my mannerisms my temperament just completely changed mm. and the reason why I keep remembering that memory is because it was the first time when I basically realised I was like you know what I wanted to just make my mum proud mm-hmm. and uh, try to make her happy and then yeah and then fast forward and you were 10 at, at 10 yeah at wow. 10 That's I wasn't I wasn't always the best and mm. obviously fast forward a few years did a uh, secondary school mm. uh, did sixth form went to uni and there was a year, there was a period when I wasn't at uni and um, like I always knew my mum wasn't, um, her health wasn't always the best. But there was a year when I was in uni where uh, she had to sign up for dialysis. And now I'm in this room and I remember being in this room. I remember my sister asking me to come along because she's going to go at a time. And I remember going in this room and I just like, it was, so imagine the group of all these um, like maybe 50, 60 year old white people. Mm. Um, and my mum was in like uh, early late forties, and obviously trying to explore, then googling what dialysis means, and obviously like I knew her kidneys weren't always in the greatest state, mm. greatest state, mm. and then just realizing okay, cool, like she had to start doing dialysis, yeah. and then I think it was around, it was around. So I remember. So then from there, it was just, it was just like always a bit conscious about her health, mm. but it was it was just something that. I guess for me specifically that they always just ignored because you never think that you're going to lose a loved one. You never think you're, you always think that they're always ultimately going to be there. You always mm-hmm. think that they're going to see you get married or they're going to see you have like, you know, like you finish uni or yeah. for all these life events, you never imagine that you're going to lose that person. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I think it was the, I remember the event of like, it was my, I just turned so it was two years ago. So I just about baiting my age. <laughs> I just, uh, you turned the age and that turned that and that. Yeah, yeah, I turned yeah. I turned twenty something, and then mm. my mom was in Nigeria at the time, and I'm not really I'm not everyone who knows me. I'm not really huge on birthdays. Like everyone would always describe me as quiet, but I don't really think I am. But people who meet me would always describe me as quiet. And it was I just turned twenty something. I think okay mm. for the sake of the course, say twenty six. So mm. I just turned twenty six, and my mom was my mom was obviously wasn't around, and then she said to me, oh. Like Sean, you know, like I'm sorry, I'm obviously not around. Like when I come back, that we'll celebrate our birthday properly. Now, unknowingly knowing that that would be the last time I ever spoke to my mum, so it comes on the Monday, and um, I get a call, I get a call from my sister that um that mum's in the hospital, and then I show up in the hospital, and then we basically it's my my dad, my sister, my brother, myself were in the hospital and then a bunch of events happened and then obviously it's just, I, I remember being in the hospital that night just thinking that I can't, this can't literally be the last time 
I'd ever speak to my mum. It can't be literally the last ever opportunity, given all the stuff that had happened before. The like, because I could think of it, countless events, and I think to myself, this this literally cannot be the last time I'm going to speak to my mum. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that was. I remember just being in the hospital that night in the next room, just repeatedly crying, thinking that wow, this is generally going to be the last time I'm going to see my mum. And then she passed and I think, yeah, and the reason why it's like he's talking about the experience afterwards is because it's, it's the events of afterwards is that you're not really prepared for. Because mm. then, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, it was suddenly, I, like I said, I'm the eldest of four and me, if anyone who knows me and my family knows how close I am to my siblings and then my perspective and everything of what I knew about what it meant to be the eldest completely changed. Mm. And it's not to diminish the experiences of my other siblings as well, mm. because they, they all had different experiences. Mm. But suddenly that title of being firstborn, you're suddenly thrust into this position where everyone's now looking to you to be like, so what do we do now? Yeah. What do we, so where do we go from here? Yeah. My dad is still there, yeah. but and it's not to say that they've ignored it, but they've just suddenly now gone, okay, nice Shoshan, what, yeah, what yeah. are we doing now? Yeah. What, do we, what do we have to do now? And then that's when you just, you start talking to things like you, you start thinking, okay, so, yeah, as I mentioned, it took us, it took us almost two months before I buried my mom. And so you started thinking about, it's just, it was just a thing, like, what people don't really think about, because like, especially in our community, because my mom was obviously originally born in Nigeria, she had extended family that was over there as well. So it's like, do we now bury bury her here? Do we now bury her there? Where do we, location, like all, all of these questions. And then suddenly you're just like, and people are then asking you and be like, oh, but the kids are now need to, the kids are now need to decide. And I think one of the, one of the, again, one of the events that stuck out for me was that I remember going with my, my uncle to the funeral directors and they were just asking all of our ages. And I just, it kind of just hit me. And I'm like, I'm literally in a room now having to think about burying my mom. Yeah. And, and it's all of this, it's just stuff like that. And it's, and it's something that I think that isn't really discussed because you don't, because I don't think anyone is ever prepared for death. Mm-hmm. And no one is, no one knows what's going to happen today or what's going to happen tomorrow. And you just think to yourself, Wow, like that—that that was it. That literally, my mum was my mum was there yesterday, and now she isn't there anymore. And yeah, um, but yeah, and then so then, so again, like I said, after the event itself, it's it's that piece of that those couple of months where what was I guess what changed for me, and now being driven in this position where you're now being seen as someone who has to be the go-to, I then think about. The same thing because like i said i'd mentioned i have a sister yeah and she uh and obviously when you took when you, and i guess when you're talking about bereavement it'd be like how do you deal with it is this in my in my situation my sister was one of the most important people to me especially in that time period because she her and i they were only a year apart mm-hmm. her and i only a year apart so i could i could look to her i could speak to her about certain things and get her decision and it and it did actually and it's a sad thing it, it did actually bring me and my siblings a lot closer All right because i never felt i never felt like i was alone 
Mm. I never felt that at all that people were looking to me as this eldest. I never felt that any of the decisions I made, I made on my own. Yeah. And and it's it's sad, but I honestly I smile when I think about how how my mum raised us and my family and, and anyone who knows my family knows how me close me and my brothers and my sister are. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like any of the decisions I was making were on my own. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, so the funeral happened. Um, we had a whole bunch of people, a family come down. And um, I think it was just during the run up again, as I was mentioning, was that you had people who would come up and people who I spoke to and spoke about how important she was, all the stuff that she'd done for them. And the stuff that I'd learned from that event was sorry um the stuff that I, stuff that i'd learned from that event was how i was going to basically live my life going forward because now she's now she's gone we've buried her and i think one of the a key things that people also don't mention is how everyone always says that you you have time but the reality of the situation is the world doesn't stop spinning just because you need to take a break um mentally because obviously you've just lost a parent Everyone's like, oh, you know, you could take as much time as you need. But in my in my case, I never felt like I had an opportunity to take a break. In terms I, of something needed to be done. Yeah, no, I didn't. Done. I felt like I had to. I didn't have a great deal of time to grieve. I felt like, like I said, I'd been thrust into the position that I didn't really want to be in. Um, I was seen as the eldest, and so I felt like I had to make a bunch of decisions that. And again, like I said, it was great having my siblings, but I never felt at any point that I could take a break. I felt like I just had to just just keep going. I'd I knew because of how much of funeral costs I'd had to then I had to do things. So I had to get like a new job to make sure I was getting enough money to be able to support my family. Or felt like um, I felt like I just had to keep going, and I never felt like you had to take a break. But on the flip side, and, and what the thing is, and when we're talking about bereavement, and say how do you cope with things like this is that one of the key major things for me is how much I realized how great a support network I did have and not just with my family but with just friends because I feel like when people tell you to say how you're also meant to feel anyone who did do anything for me at that time never told me how I was meant to feel all they did was just be present Mm -hmm. they didn't need to say anything I just knew that they were there and there are people who I hadn't seen in years or people, members I hadn't seen or spoken to who just showed up. Mm. And I think, especially if I've anything I've learned from this experience is that, especially if you are someone who's just gone through this recently, is that I don't think should, people should tell you how you should feel. Okay. I feel like it's the complete opposite in that if someone tells you, they what they should do is just be there for you. And anyone who's trying to think about how you can support someone who's recently lost a, a family member or a sibling or a friend mm. is is just being there. Sometimes it's just just checking up on them and making sure they're okay yeah. or physically being there for them yeah. or just trying to call them. Because in my, in my experience, it felt like that was the best support that I did have. Yeah. Like I always had my family anyway, but I did felt that some of my some of the closest people that I am to, uh, that I have today, all they did was literally just show up, and that and that meant the world for me personally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, 
was great, yeah. Very touching. <coughs> Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, it's one of the, one of the few episodes where I can't really relate because I haven't been put in that position yet. And I always said to people, um, I think I think I think I said it to you when you told me, um, if I left my mum or dad, I don't know what I'd do. Right. Um, you wouldn't see me for a long time. And it's, it's hard because uh, I think like you and like you, like, like just like Sam and I, we're also the elders as well. Mm. You're the eldest, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it's interesting now that you're like, you know what? Everyone talks about being the eldest as a proud thing, yeah. I'm mm. first and first. But then they don't talk about the other side, the of, other side of it, which requires a lot of responsibility. And that responsibility kicks in in them kind of pressure situations. So what, what I was going to ask you was, um, being the eldest, how come people look up to you more as opposed to your dad? Um, I don't. In my in my experience, I, I don't know why. I, I and I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's just mm-hmm. some some sort of unwritten. Because and again, it's like I said, I don't want to take it any away from. I don't. When I say that, sometimes it's just like okay, Sean's the eldest, so Sean should be the one who's uh, talking to these people or getting these communities together. But. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not particularly sure why, but I think maybe it's because my dad was grieving, grieving in his own way. So yeah. it just felt like he was taking, he was taken out of the equation. Yes, it, yeah. Which I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but at the time, I just, it just felt like he had his own stuff that he had to deal with. And then my dad is quite a quiet man anyway, so he didn't. We'd involve him in conversations. We'd 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 get him we'd get him to or I'd get to try to get him to talk. But it was just it's just in his nature that he's quite quiet anyway. But I'm not sure why it, it's just seen that way. But and again, it's like this is just my own personal experience. You might have families where mm. um, the second or the third or someone, because like I said, I I only took on that position because I felt like I had to, not because you were told you had to you because you're the eldest you need to do this does that make sense yeah. i feel like it was because i am the eldest i had to mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah i remember it reminds me of one of, one of my best friends i won't say his name uh, he lost his dad a few years ago and um they didn't look to his mum they looked to him even the, his dad's brother everyone looked to him i remember at the funeral it was all centered around him he was the only child right mm. oh he's the only child yeah it was all centered around him and it, yeah, and, and even then, I, I remember um, I told my mum, my mum goes, when, when, I, when I got the call that he had lost his dad, my mum goes, you need to go and talk to him, you need to go and see him. I said, mum, I don't know what I'm going to say. He goes, don't say anything, just go be there. But I remember going up to his house, maybe every day for a couple of weeks, checking on him, checking up on him. And it took a toll because um, in the end, uh, yeah, but yeah, so it took a toll on him. Um, but I won't get into that. Um, but he's fine now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what I was going to ask also is um, to just clarify. And so you spoke about um, you spoke to your mum on the phone. Yeah. Mm. Was, was she in Nigeria then? Or was she in London then? She was in Nigeria at the time. Okay. Cool. So you had to visit her in Nigeria. No. So she she was in Nigeria at the time on the phone call, but she she uh she she normally goes for a routine checkup in um, a centre near Sydney. Cool. And then. It didn't. There had some complications, and they sent her to Kings, and then so she died. She died in London. So, yeah. Um, 
But yeah. So. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. And then, um, so I just want to ask because obviously some people in the audience might just want me that might want to um, understand properly because I know uh, they always say that when someone when you lose a loved one, people like to know exactly why it might have happened, why and when. So for example, if I if I lost my brother, my brother, God forbid, or my mum, I'd want to know exactly what happened. I'd want to know. You know, was it everything done that yeah. could be done and stuff like that? Yeah, so like, um, was it, was it surgery? Well, yeah, uh, person, we don't really want to get into that. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. But, um, I think it's, <coughs> I think it's just, um, whether the only thing was done, everything that could have been done, everything that was done could have been done, I would never know. I think, yeah, no. I don't know. If can. No, I'll cut that. Cool. Um, yeah, hard to hear this because you know I, I remember the time well. Like anyway, um, yeah. One thing I, you know, the oldest angle as well, like being the eldest child, and that I wanted to kind of hone in on that a bit more, and like kind of mention the financial responsibilities. Like, do you? Okay, so we're we're dealing with the aftermath now. So. Do you feel like you will always be financially responsible for your youngers in a way? And the reason I ask that is because, like I said, I'm oldest as well. And one thing I like I really struggle to hear, but you know, it happens is like my parent my parents talking about, you know, man won't be here forever kind of thing. Mm. And you know, you're the oldest, you gotta look after your brothers, you gotta make sure everything's patterned. Like What's your outlook in terms of finances and in terms of, you know, one day you're going to get, well, if you want, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, you're going to have your own family, you're going to have your own responsibilities. Like, how do we feel like, like, what do we think our responsibilities are for, like, youngers, if that makes sense? I think I think the, the thing I do want to clarify, I guess, in my situation, it was, there's some onus on financial responsibility, but I think it is, if we just, if we use the word finance, I think we don't, it doesn't only just need to be, like, physically like money it could just be so when so when uh, when i used to think of or when i was told i would say oh for example we're not going to be here forever it could just be sometimes finance uh finances could be like emotional support yeah. advice being there because as you mentioned like our parents or our families won't be there forever and then you're essentially especially if you do have siblings you're, you're, it's just you mm. and i think the thing that i was always thankful for especially with my family was that of how close we were before my mum passed. Mm. And so if the same ultimately happened to my dad or I felt that in terms of responsibility, I think it's not really a responsibility. It's just something that I've always been raised to know that this is my brother, this is my sister. If where I, I can help them, I will, mm. that makes sense. Whether that is financial, whether that's emotional or if they need uh, advice or support, it's just always the key takeaways because like not everyone is because you, you need to remember not everyone is is in the same financial position as yeah, everyone else some people are able to hand money but it shouldn't your as an eldest sibling as the eldest in my experience i don't it doesn't necessarily just need to be financial yeah. it could just be and and again like sometimes even the the idea of the eldest is it is just a title everyone's personality is different yeah, true so but, it's but yeah go on sorry. have there never been times where bro you mentioned that there's times where you felt like you haven't grieved properly have there never been times where your father your siblings 
and this like extends, you know, family is one thing, but you know, different deaths and things affect p- different people in different ways. Like you could have lost a friend or someone, which has really kind of touched you in it. So mm. obviously, if there's something you want to mention as well, Eric, but like, have there never been times where, um, like, your siblings have come to you for either financial or support emotionally or whatever, and you thought, what about me and that? Like, have you, how have you dealt with, like, the fact that you're saying you haven't even grieved properly? Like, how have you dealt with that? Like, um, how have you coped? Like, how have you, thingy? I think post post the event or post um, a month's passing and the funeral, and like I said, it's been a couple of years since. I think when I say I haven't grieved, I felt like what was beneficial for me was um, therapy. So, okay. so you did therapy. Yeah. So there is a there is a network for the for specifically sorry specifically for Black and um, Asian professionals for services that they were very helpful. But again, therapy is also expensive, mm-hmm. and I think we should be advocates for pushing for free, uh, well at least free ball like, you know, some sort of affordable services for therapy. But um, to answer your question, I think, yeah, to go back to your question, sorry, could you repeat the question again? How do you deal with like mentally knowing that, in a way it feels like their like needs come before yours, no? I I think the idea of, I think again, it's just for my personal experience, I think it's not that that their needs come before mine. It's just, it's the idea of, like I'd, I'd always been raised, my mum would always raise me about the idea of being able to help people okay. in whatever shape you can. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anyone who needed support, if, whether or not it's my family or anyone who I've, because obviously as you know, we, we do, I do a whole bunch of different things as well. Yeah, but yeah. I've never seen it as that these people's needs are before mine. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's just part of my personality that I will want to help people if I can help them. I like I don't, I don't really ever want it to be an honest to say that these people need my help. If that makes sense, I yeah. just I help where I can. Feel you. All right, no, bro, that's very touching still. But okay, let's try and Sorry, um, okay. stick to the run for that. Okay, go through. You bro. mentioned um, the uh, the network. What's the network called? Uh, I'd have to find the, <laughs> the. I'd have to find the exact name. Well, I just put it in the description. As in the network that you started, or that? No, no, no. So it's more or less like so. There's a there's a century of directory for like uh, particularly for Black and Asian. Uh, healthcare professionals okay so it's like therapy services so like counseling that sort of thing it's actually it's been very good and very beneficial it kind of gives you like a <coughs> collation around yeah the entire of london and i think somewhere in birmingham manchester as well actually cool. so that's a it's very very helpful i'd have to get yeah. the exact it's name it's again. good you mentioned therapy as well so obviously getting back to the run through we wanted to get into like you know different ways of losing a loved one and i guess we can tie that into dealing like different ways of dealing with it. So I guess the way you deal with like someone dying is maybe the way they die. So I guess if someone was shot dead, like someone in their prime young, it'll be like, it'll, it'll be crazy. Like, death's crazy anyway, but it's like, yeah, imagine right. someone's had a long drawn out illness that you kind of knew it was coming. I guess you deal with it kind of differently. But with therapy, I feel like therapy is quite stigmatized in our community now. So yeah, I don't know, do you guys have any yeah, thoughts yeah, on yeah, therapy? Yeah, like. I think it's very good. Yeah, get, get therapy when you can, uh, if you can afford it. Of course. Would you encourage people to go for therapy? And like, I think if you can, if you can afford it, yes. But then, okay, you know, big big men from him, like I mean, they therapy and that fam opening up to like. I mean, you know what I mean, I think the idea, the idea that you can't. Uh, I think it was more so because for me, I've always, like I said, 
therapy, if I'm speaking candidly, I don't yeah. think therapy was always affordable for me. Okay. And that's where I lent more on my network. And when I, s- I use the word network, I meant particularly my family, my friends. Mm. Um, and at the time, I I had a partner who I was, used to speak to quite regularly as during the event, which was helpful just because I think I'm someone who you I was always quite difficult to get stuff out of. And when I tried to get to the point about <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, we'll get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, um, especially if I, yeah, so if I, um, especially because it was quite difficult for me at the time. Like I said, I never felt like I had the time to to grieve. Mm-hmm. It was just good to be able to sit down with my, see my sister or sit with my brother and just be able to openly talk about yeah. how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And then in those sessions, it was just more or less communicating. I obviously don't want to go into detail about those sessions, but the actual sessions, but. Yeah, so I think just being able to talk to someone mm. yeah, is, peop- is very beneficial, I guess. People yeah. is very important. I mean, um, recently, so um, obviously I've got a, a bit of a story as well. So like very recently, um, someone that I was very close to in my church randomly passed away. Mm-hmm. So he's 26, literally spoke to him two days before. When you say randomly, what do you mean? So, so the story, so... Literally, we had something at my church called Youth Week, and he was like the head of singles, head of youth. So he kind of put it all together, and he'd been like galvanizing the like youth in the last like in the last year or so. When I say youth, I mean like teenagers, like whatever. So you know, like youth, youth that age can be from Peckham or whatever, or South in general. They're like quite rowdy, and generally, before he got involved, they weren't really on like you know going on road evangelizing and doing stuff like that. So he'd kind of galvanized that and he'd been like spearheading that kind of thing. Um, so then he put together this youth week, which involved like career day. So different people coming in or whatever. So then that was on the Wednesday. Then on the Friday, there was like a prayer meeting thing. So prayer meeting happened. And this is this is what, so I wasn't there. So what I've heard is that on that prayer meeting, it was meant to end like at nine o'clock or whatever. But it, like he just felt like led to carry on praying. So he carried on, he got to like 11 and then like other people were like, look, I'm going home and that kind of thing. Like it's it's kind of gone over time. Then he's like, yeah, you guys go, I'll carry on. So then um, he carried on and then eventually like 11.45, he, he stopped. And then apparently he was on the floor like rolling, praising God, smiling. And then one guy that was there with him was like, you're right, bro. Then he was like, oh yeah, I'm amazing. Like I just had an encounter with God. I I don't know what that looks like kind of thing. So I, I had... I can't imagine what that is, but apparently that's what he said. So in the next day now, um, like the next day was sports day for the youth. And it was also like the wedding of someone from the church. So, and this guy will be like, he's the kind of guy that he'll be at both in it. So the sports day came now and he wasn't there. So people were ringing him like, well gone kind of thing. He wasn't there. So they were like, okay, cool. He'll be at the wedding. He wasn't at the wedding. So then after the wedding, they went, they knocked on his door. He was with his landlord. Apparently, the landlord had been home all day. She said that he hasn't, his room door hasn't opened. So she thought probably he left the house before she woke up or whatever. Broke into his thing. He was dead on his bed. Like he'd been like that all day, apparently. Like he was, apparently, you could tell by the way his body looked like he was stiff or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, like the autopsy, so in the time after it, what I'm hearing is that the autopsy, there's no cause of death. Like, 
there's no heart attack there's no nothing there's like literally they've done all tests or whatever and they can't find the cause of death so then people are saying it's all spirit it's a spiritual death like because I'm trying to kind of paint a picture of the kind of guy this is like this is one of them guys like he's I don't want to say what like holy and but like he's by, a, by the book he's by the book he's a very good guy so every time I talk to you be like Sam I love what you're doing just make sure everything glorifies God all of that so people are like, oh, like he's done his purpose on earth. And the reason I mentioned the youth thing as well, people were like, because like he'd managed to get the youth to like evangelize and, and that in Peckham. So people were like, he'd done what he needed to do on earth and God had come to take him. But then, so obviously for us on earth, us that are here and that were, like for me personally, all I'm seeing is that my friend has gone, bruv. Do you know what I mean? And like, he, I was like that with him. Like that was my guy. Even a few weeks before he was saying like, Sam, like I can't wait to be married, to have kids, stuff like that. And to me, it rattles me that it's like raw, like he's never gonna have that kind of thing. So then I was just gonna mention like, you know, Shay, you were mentioning people in general and that's how I've kind of dealt with it. Just other people that were as close to him as I was, that knew him just, you know, kind of share happy memories about him. And I guess we comfort ourselves by saying, look, he's in heaven, bruv. Like, if anyone's in heaven, he's in heaven kind of thing. So I guess there's a spiritual aspect of how you deal with stuff. Like, some people say, well, Christians believe that, like, you're not even of this earth. Like, you're just passing through and you're meant to go back to heaven. So I guess that's one way of dealing with things. I think people, people, people deal with things in different ways, you know. Yeah. I don't want to talk about negative or positive ways of dealing with it. Yeah, I've just mentioned like one way yeah, of so Some people doing. deal with it by um, spending time remembering their great fond memories of that person. Mm. You know, some people, for example, or some people like, if a person's done what they wanted to do, lived their dream, some people take comfort in the fact that that person achieved what they wanted to achieve while they were there on earth. Yeah. Or they'll think about all the good memories together. Um, I was going to ask, or other people, for example, to go to, maybe they to go to, substance abuse or some people you know start acting out and you know out of character because that's what does the substance abuse one do like is it just to block everything out so some people like for example drink a lot of alcohol just to forget everything just to forget and it dulls the senses right yeah or um, what them people that just beat like and yeah so there's other people who who lose a loved one and they go to have to start picking up different addictions Mm. some sex other addictions like going out all the time other addictions they're just staying at home or eating stuff. And that's like, just to block. Like, and so, because sometimes what that is, because remember, what, 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 once you've lost a loved one, your natural chemicals in your brain are a bit low. So when you're doing those kind of addictions, you're temporarily giving yourself maybe endorphin boosts yeah. or... So, so high, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You get that quite high. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so some people do. Different people, different people deal, it, deal with it in different ways. Um, mm. I was on, and I think the different ways ties into how you've lost a loved one. For example, God forbid, if someone that I knew was murdered, yeah, I'm dealing with that very differently. Um, it, you know, it's, you know, it's not funny. Um, uh, it's like you, 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 watch, you watch Power, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember in Power in the last season, Ghost's um, daughter gets shot. Wait, yeah. what? I didn't. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Power. I didn't. I didn't know that happened. Wait. Uh, why would you ruin it? I'm oh, sorry. Go for this season. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Oh, that's, that's the old season. You're done that, bro. That's the old season. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So in the last season, yeah, um, lost, um, Raina. Raina yeah. dies, right? And Gold sticks it out by going on the street and killing people. Ha- Hamming people, bro. Like, but that's the yeah. thing. That is that's the point. That's the way he dealt with it. Yeah, that is it. Because it is, like I said, and more so, people do behave, react differently to death in different ways. 
and it does especially one of the key things that I noticed is that you you look at mortality differently differently completely differently because you just you think to yourself yeah. and, I, and I, like again it's just it, it's more so when someone dies or in the, in the case of when I lost my mom you 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 think about who are the people that like why like especially how you spend your time how do you the people who you communicate with how you treat people because like you're like okay for me particularly i thought to myself do i really want to be spending as much time with this person do i want to spend how do i do I want to hang out with these people do i want to do this or do i want to do that in terms of why the why be, more so because yeah. it's it's you kind of you and the thing what changed for me was that i'm not to say that i'd treated people any differently before mm -hmm. passing but it, it just makes you it makes you think that everyone's situation could be different Mm. You, you more so you start to think about other people and their experiences I'm definitely never going to say that I'm going to go out and and say you're going to go out on a on a ghost spree and do and go like yeah yeah, yeah you're never going to do that some people lose a lot when they start being like Batman that's what Batman did himself that's the whole story Batman you've become Jays in that film so madness still um, so, so, again, so I, can't, so I, can't, I can't really so did, did you finish what you yeah we're gone yeah. so I can't, I can't really like Say much because obviously I know I know you wanted to keep the in the, the actual event private, obviously mm -hmm. which, which we respect. Um, but like question two, Sam. Obviously, there's a funny. It's not funny. It's just saying that um, the only thing in life certain is death and taxes. Yeah. So Ta so given so given so given that you know, one day we're all gonna go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. If there was a w and obviously sometimes some of us go before a loved one, some of us go after a loved ones. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, go ask it. You know what I'm gonna ask, right? If there was a, if like, if he had an option, how would you want to go, and how would you want your loved ones to go if they were to go before you? My thing is, yeah, it's a deep question. You know what I'm saying? My thing is acceptance. But it's the kind of thing that we don't think about. When I we, think yeah. acceptance. I think, I think I want to kind of know. I think I want to kind of know how, if it's me or my loved one, how it's gonna happen minimize any pain or anything kind of like that and I guess have enough time to prepare like you said you can't even really ever be prepared fam but you can't you, you never you never will be okay so Shay you, yeah. you, sure, you mentioned dialysis yeah. so so your mum had issues with her kidney yeah was there ever any acceptance there that something might happen no because you never because you never think this person Cause you, cause in the head you process. You're like, alright, cool. She's there's something, there's something like apparently wrong. Okay. You never, you never go into deep into it and say, okay, this person, this, this is how much X person has. And you, there was no, never any incidents no, never, that were like, serious before. No, like not, nothing like that at yeah. the sort. You just, you just assume because there, are, there are dozens of people, hundreds of people who are on dialysis, and obviously there is the expectation yeah. that something will happen, but you never go and then say that this person is going to disappear on X date. Yeah. So to your point in saying about being prepared, you actually have no idea, right. and that and that's the and that's the not necessarily a problem. That's just that's the reality and yeah. the harsh reality. You literally have no idea. You could literally wake up tomorrow and the person who you love is just and it's just gone. Yeah, you know, and I, I never really understood that until a few years ago. I went on holiday. Yeah. I won't say what I was doing. I went on holiday, and I remember um, I went on a particular vehicle. Mm. My boys, on a, we went on a vehicle, and I thought, yes, yeah, great. And then I had an accident, and I was like, you know what? Life flashed. That's it. That could have been it. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on holiday having a great time, right? Mm. And, I've, and the next minute, I'm in, a, I'm in a serious accident and it's like, a minute ago, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Did your life flash before your eyes, fam? It did. Right, so that thing's real. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not my life, but in my head, I'm thinking to myself, how have I got myself in this position, <laughs> right? Yeah. Give yeah, me what, yeah. what could have been a bit of fun. I know it's quite different to uh, your, your situation, right? but in terms of death in general, yeah, I got you, so it's yeah. like, I, you know, and I don't really think about it. For example, my granddad, he's 85, right? I guess I'll be, I'll be I guess God forbid, you know, I hope, I hope he lives to a long, long age. I want him to see my, my, my children. Yeah, because then I guess we can throw the question back at you. Yeah, so, so I was going to say, how so, old do you want so if, you know, if, if, if I had an option to choose how old what my loved ones to go, I want it to be where, I want it to be as long as possible in terms of how long they live their life. I want it to be a thing where they've reached their goals and their dreams before it. So that gives me some comfort in that, okay, you know what? They've, want, they've done what they wanted to do. They've lived. They've they've done, they've done, you know, they've achieved their goals and it was peaceful. But at the same time, that's, that's me talking theory, isn't it? Are we and always, we're always going to have, the thing is, our, our goals are always going to be constantly evolving and changing. You can never, as humans, I don't think we're ever going to just be like, oh, these are the number of goals that we have. Do you know what I mean? The thing they're just going to keep. 100. Growing. And even if we do know, even if we could set out, these are the goals I want to achieve in life, the bit we can't, we must not fail to forget is that some people do pass away before their time. And then with this pod, what we're trying to do is spell out how to deal with it. Like, I know we keep stressing that there's not one way to deal with it, but is there a best practice? Is there a best way to deal with it? Um, because think- if someone's listening into this, they recently lost someone and they just, yeah. they're looking for like solace, like they're looking for like how do I cope well, with well, the pain? Well, if like, I could, uh, if I could map out, especially so, if I could map out my first few weeks, especially after the event, yeah. so it was, it was more or less like um, the first few weeks feel like a blur because it is painful. You need to be able to allow yourself to have to cry, yeah, man. to be able to do all of that. And again, it circles back to the point I was saying about the network. So n- let your network help you, whether or not that's a partner. Quickly on the network thing as well. Yeah. Like hold hold all your, on the network thing though. Yeah. Say you are part of someone's network who has just lost someone. Yeah. Do you expect this network to mention it to you? Because I've I find it so hard to. You're gonna let him forget his train of thought for his, with No, no, keep going. Gonna I was just gonna say I found it so hard around that time to even mention anything like how are you doing kind of thing. And no, but that even, but that was the point. Like obviously, so we're not. It's not. You're not going to ignore that the event has happened, right? And like I said in the mention, the first few weeks, someone might not literally want anyone to be around yeah. at all. But after some time has passed, even if it's just dropping a message saying, "Oh, you know, I'm thinking of you," but not like because you. And I, I don't even want to send any shots to anyone at all, or just <laughs> the people in general. But it's, yeah. you just you don't just send a text to someone to say, "Oh, you know, I heard I heard what happened." Yeah, oh, that cool. thing. Hope you're good, bro. Yeah, like, but yeah. it's just because it, it's it's disingenuous. You know that you're not doing it, but then people are people do have genuine intentions, and they'll and they will know that you are trying mm. because this is someone as you mentioned, like both of you mentioned, you haven't had to yeah. experience the loss of a parent, mm. right? So, and for me, I had been in that position, and I didn't know what I needed to do. Mm. So for the first few weeks, especially, I was just like, people were sending me messages, I'd just maybe ignore them. Yeah. But when I then, uh, like, as I said, for us in this position, I had to do all of these things, it was nice to know that at the time, people cared. People cared. <clears throat> yeah. 
and sometimes all the you know that's what people want to know is that like these people do care about me yeah. and if you are you don't have to tell everybody your story yeah i'm as i mentioned i'm not really someone who likes to share i'm quite a private person anyway yeah. but yeah i know that <laughs> interesting um <laughs> but as you say uh you do have to if you do have people that you feel comfortable sharing your story with yeah those because I remember when I, in the first few weeks that happened, I, I know I knew exactly who I called. All the first people who were there, I knew. I know I didn't have to say anything, and I know these people would just show up because yeah. they just and they were there. Yeah. And then as the time passed, I was more receptive to people just you know just showing their support and being there. Because as I mentioned, you know, and that's what I mean by network. And the reason why I'd say network because I'm trying to make this applicable to anyone because it doesn't. Like some people are Christians and have like a church. Yeah. My the church I attended at the time yeah. was very helpful. Mm. Um, my sister's church was very helpful. Mm. Like if you're like of a different religion, if you're like a Hindu or Muslim, or you might have a community. You might, or even if you don't even believe in a God at all, just someone. Just, yeah. someone, just having yeah. having that like, and then sometimes even if you just because like you know, I'm I'm fortunate to have that network. I'm fortunate to have all these people to be able to help support. And I just thought that, especially during the first few weeks, that was. Was yeah. vital for me yeah. in my experience as well. So, another thing I want to mention as well I know I mentioned the first few weeks, but again, even now, so you know, two years down the line, mm-hmm. you've lost a parent, mm-hmm. your friends still have their parents. Let's say they reach landmarks, or like, mm-hmm. let's say, do you know what I mean? Someone's mum, like, let's say, like, I struggle to mention anything to do with my mum to you or like your sister and stuff do you know what I mean like Mm -mm. that kind of thing I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's kind of hard to know what to say well yeah that's what I was was going to get to because I remember so I I, I go back to when my friend's dad died right like I actually avoid so two of my best friends uh, one lost yeah okay so my my friend's dad died right I, I, I wanted to speak to him yeah and I got a call in the evening. I wanted to speak to him, and it's like I don't know what to even say. Fam. But you make a good point by saying, I, "Just them, just them being there, mm-hmm. showing the care helps." Yeah. And I guess at the same time, it's, it's then for me or whoever's trying to help to not be selfish and try to expect a particular kind of response that they want. They should be able to let a person grieve. They want to grieve. But I'm saying even like long term. Will, but but that's the whole ever, point. You can't think long term. But two like years, but two years. Okay, so if you're talking about long term, you're saying two years down the line, if can can someone mention their parents and, yeah. and me not be triggered? Yeah. Most of the time, no. Yeah. But sometimes people are triggered. I remember, I I got I recently got really good news the other day, the other oh, week. Congrats. Thanks. My G. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> allow it, allow it, allow it. Little, you know I'm going to say something else isn't it let's not let's uh, for the sake of the people on the podcast let's okay, not yeah, yeah, reveal too 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 much but anyway I like cotton to make me nice food I'll bleep it 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 I'll eat but the little noodles no no carry 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 I'll bleep that as well yeah but um, yeah, good to you, bro. yeah. So what I was saying, so Lance, obviously, I got I recently got good news, and all I could think, all I could think, it was like literally, I, I went home, told my siblings, and then I got home and I started crying because I thought this event reminds me very much of what I would used to do when I was young, when 
I'd get like a 90 or get an A or something. I'd be like, mom, mom, look, 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 look what I did, mm. right? And then, but the difference is, is that I've accepted that she's no longer here, but it doesn't mean that I now change who I am because at my age and how she's raised me and who I am as a person, it means I can speak to people and I look it's it's I look more so out of families and people who are able to and I'm obviously I'm not envious but I'm just like yeah. it's just like a little subtle reminder that you know Jeez, no. it's it's be thankful that you have that like yeah. now and it, and it's great because like I've I've for me personally I've never felt that my mom has never not been there like in anything I do and everything that I've done at this point forward and the reason why I'm and why I'm so driven to do what I want to do is because she's always been there and so yeah I, I to answer your question about avoiding conversations about parents it, they come up all the time because always every whenever you meet someone like imagine your first be oh so where do your parents where are your yeah, parents from yeah. it's inevitably going to come up and I'll just start like, oh yep yeah, oh yeah so I, I lost my mom and they'll be like and everyone's always like oh oh I'm so sorry to hear that and I'm like yeah because then, then it gets and I don't not because I do it because I try to avoid it so they don't get awkward because yeah. it's like I'm still processing it and I don't ultimately think anyone's ever going to be completely get over the fact yeah. that they've lost someone yeah, so yeah, close yeah. to them. But it doesn't mean that you then avoid conversations about it. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Speaking of the time after, because obviously at my city, we, we like to talk about issues and then also find solutions, right? And mm -hmm. give practical steps. I remember one of my friends lost her mum and she got like money, the house and everything. How, how, how did that work when you're, you still have a parent alive? Sorry, say that again. So one of my friends, uh, she didn't live with my dad. She mm -hmm. lived with her mum. Her mum passed away and then she, she got all her belongings and stuff. Inheritance. Her inheritance. And that. How, mm -hmm. how does that work? So obviously for those, it's just so we can give practical yeah. steps. That how, do you, does that, yeah, talk to us about that procedure and everything like that. Um, I think, like I said, everyone's situation is different. Yep. Um, I think assessing and it, again it kind of goes on to what we talked about earlier in the pod because that, that is part of that process mm -hmm. when you're talking about the if you do if you do decide to do a burial because some people just get cremated and get over and done with but um, what we did in terms of practicality mm, I don't know if I feel content okay, cool, 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 cool because yeah, I, I, I looked at some numbers and I know that the average cost for funeral in the UK is 2.7k Wow. And that's for getting the funeral director fees and everything like that. Two point seven k. But for the casket, for the an actual funeral service. Serious? Yeah. You have to pay because you got to pay for land. You got to pay for all of that stuff. Yeah, um, you have to. You have to pay for land. You have to pay for the casket. You have to pay for the funeral services. You then also have to contact the council, oh and then gosh. you then what else is it? Two points. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the average because yeah, I'm obviously not going to reveal. Yeah, but it was yeah. Was it higher? You, uh, yeah, I'm not. No do comment. You, is that is that land payment a one off or is it yearly or something? So basically, oh it's done. Good question. Still. So it's up. I think it's like I can't remember when I because I did it so long ago now. You, you think you you own it for like fifty years or something, and then they, there's like two on top. So essentially, you you own this piece of land. And so that's where ideally, if you, both your parents die, then they'll put you both in there. The, yeah. But only 50 years? Something like that. I think you have the option of buying. I can't remember what I did. I did it so long ago now. Like, oh, so you're saying. No, oh, okay. wait, wait, wait. wait. So what happens know, after 50 years, please? If there's, because if there's no space, they just dig up the, they dig it up and they just. So some people have been, so you've got, 
world you got world war two you got veterans who are in some communities especially in especially in Southwark where they need to redo all the grass and everything so they dig up old graves and they, and they find old nope they just get rid of them just get rid of them they just put they put yeah so they put them on top of uh, that's so um, that's oh, yeah there are there are a lot of but I mean to answer your question about like how do you how does someone practically I think you just assess so if it's a parent because everyone's situation is different you might not live with a parent you might not have like yeah. inheritances um, in my in my particular case, I did do research about what that means in terms of her assets, what in terms of businesses, that sort of thing. Mm. What well, I had to do a bunch of research to look at how do we do, is there anything that we're, that we're directly affected by? And one of the key thing actually, life insurance. Like that, no, that like word, I would, I would, I would, any, I highly encourage anyone who is who's listening to this actually consider getting life insurance it doesn't matter how old you are how, how does life insurance work so I pay monthly um, I can't I, I'd have to I, I think yeah. I pay monthly and then if but I, I got a call the other day like oh, life insurance I, I was like yeah, yeah I'll get back to you they were like you're not taking me seriously I was, I was like yeah I'll get back to you they were like basically they were saying you're, you're not taking it as a priority but brother like I'm telling you get this life insurance thing I was talking about because I was, I was in a so I was in again this is off topic but I was in a, like, uh, a financial literacy class and financial literacy class sorry Jeez. and he was talking about you know like liabilities and assets and, and he's talking about he's talking about life insurance because he was like you need to protect your, you yourself for an asset right God forbid anything happens to you tomorrow and you've got life insurance some some companies also have life insurance by default so the, I remember one of my first early graduate jobs they had life insurance and they pay a certain as if you have life insurance through your company yeah so they pay x number of salary but is that only if you if you die while working so how life insurance works is you pay money and then if you die god forbid then they give you a loved one but is that through what you're working in this case in this case it'll be be x number of my salary basically so every percentage will go to your so like a large sum will just go then to my family what what about a wheel and all that um, so how does that work? How does the will work? Speaking can a lot of this, and again, maybe maybe it's just God timing, God's timing. But a lot of this was done, literally maybe like a year or two before she passed. So, where? The, and the reason why I'm mentioning it now is because, like I said, like anyone who could be listening to this could be like, oh, actually, you know, I have a loved one who might not be that well. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe you could chalk up to saying that maybe she knew it was her time was to go. Maybe she knew that something was gonna happen and she just didn't tell us. Like my mum was always my mum was always she had this saying about like we're always we're blessed. Like it doesn't matter what situation we're in or anything, she was just positive positivity, just always being mm-hmm. very positive and so and inadvertently she'd ignore like a lot of things. I feel that's so a very Nigerian kind of, thing. Yeah, it's a very Nigerian thing. So she kind of wrote a will and even took life insurance maybe just a couple of years before. And so you, th- you can imagine it's like maybe something in her spirit told her that. Do this. Yeah, do this. And the reason why I mention it is because, like I said, anything oh. can happen at any age. You have no idea. 100, man. What could happen? Have we got any other sort of issues or unspoken about, you know, things that, you know, related to death in our community that, you know, we want to shine a light on and that people need to do better and um, think about or something. I think... Oh, yeah, because I was, was going to ask, um, yeah. so, because you're 
Yeah, got you, got you, got you. Because it's about the practicality and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you see things like, um, again, you don't have to say or not. Mm. So you think things like debts or any like, outstanding payments or, like, bills, how, how does that work? How does how does things like debts and bills? So, let's say, for example, like, <clears throat> I've got phone bills and stuff. Let's say, God forbid, I go... I took it. So, I, I had to take... I took the phone bills. So, anything that was in her name, I basically just... I just scoured through everything. So, bills, outstanding debts, phone bills contracts see if i need to close them and it's always uncomfortable communicating to it so i remember doing this for ee i had to communicate and be like oh hey so they asked they they sent like something about a bill and i had to call them up and then obviously say like it's only because my mom was my mom was very like i knew my mom quite well so i knew all her passwords i knew she'd they'd be likely you know shell and six, you know, shell and 10 10 10 or something like i yeah, knew yeah, all month, yeah, yeah well, I, I knew i knew <laughs> i knew like i knew everything about most most like, I knew my mom quite well so I knew especially mostly because I set up all of her stuff because she was yeah, the yeah. best at computing anyway but um yeah so you have to scour through all the bills try to understand all of that try to collate just think about as much information or anything that she could be interested in or any investments she had or or not just her but like anything that your parent could be involved in just yeah it's yeah that was that was it really you could kind of steps because again everyone's different everyone's financial situation is different but i think a, a key piece of advice is just going through everything that you can if um if they're involved in any investments or in any businesses or if they're communicating with anyone or just letting the right parties know and just thinking about how to whether or not to cut that tie or just keep it going that sort of thing yeah so i know we wanted to talk about stigmas before we end like yeah. once again share we appreciate the openness and uh nice love bro yeah, yeah honesty i know it's uh very hard to talk about so yeah mm-hmm. um and it's a very important topic because a lot of people are going through stuff and a lot of people don't know or a lot of people haven't come to realization that this will happen long term yeah. later on um okay it took, my, it took me my accident two years ago to realize tomorrow is literally not promised right mm-hmm. so let's talk about some stigmas though you know when, when, when people when you hear someone's recently died mm-hmm. Someone's family recently died. I feel like sometimes there's a stigma of, wow, don't touch that person. Don't go to that person. Maybe that person, be careful around them. Maybe that person's on eggshells or maybe, you know, that person shouldn't be dealt with or that person shouldn't be spoken with. Like, what kind of stigmas do you see when you hear that someone's person lost their mom, some person lost their friend? For both um, of you. Yeah. Well, I've heard quite a bit, um, <clears throat> obviously where I grew up, you know, we're all from South London here. Something that I've heard which has always triggered me is when maybe someone's been on road or someone's been out there and they've died a certain way. And then that older African saying, ah, he was on the road anyway, or he was in a gang or that that kind of thing. And it's kind of like, as if it it makes it any less painful Mm. thing to the family kind of thing. Like, I feel like- That's like when my friend got stabbed. Yeah. A couple of months ago. And I told everyone, I saw some people at church, they were like, they were like, Who, who's his company? You know, you know, why do you get involved with that? And I'm like, listen, it was an accident. Sometimes people, the first question that attacked, Africans people. ask is, is very wrong. And it's it's like, like, what were they doing there? Or who were they with? Was like, and that, that, that experience showed me that anyone can literally get innocent people, some of the purest hearted people can get attacked. And the first stigma was maybe he had a wrong group of friends. Or maybe he was looking for trouble. When No, he was victim. Yeah. And that's yeah. one stigma I see. Any yeah. other stigmas you guys see? Um, stigmas around death. I don't know. It's just I one thing that one thing that irritated me more 
uh, personally, and I don't want to go dwell into it. It's just more or less. Yeah, I don't, I, how do I how do I communicate this? I think the it's it's the picture that people want to paint of mm-hmm. that said person. Yes. It's always everyone is gonna and be entitled. So everyone's gonna be entitled to how they view a particular individual when they've passed, right? And the thing that kind of irritates me a lot, especially more so about the community, is be like, oh, this person was this or this person was that, and it's it's just they try to project an image an image mm. that they had of that person on you and tell you this is how you should see this person uh, bro. which is which is uncomfortable because like I know I know I know what my mother meant to me and then to hear for someone else to say that this is this is this step, it doesn't necessarily have to be my mom it could be someone you know it yeah. could be anyone so yeah. that they're projecting it's just as how Iris just mentioned about his friend yeah. it's just trying to project this image of this person when that not might not be factually correct at mm. all so yeah but um i don't I, wouldn't, I don't know if i can think of any other stigmas really but yeah. yeah i think i guess the last bit the the only other thing i can think of is the mental health aspect the um you know the right and wrong way to grieve kind of thing the but, that, but that's the thing i think there i don't really think there is any right or wrong way i think as like, in like let's say some Africans wrongly believe that you know cause I remember like my dad's my dad's mum died like two years ago mm-hmm. now I didn't know her that closely mm-hmm. but I, I'd met her and at the end of the day like I'd met her a couple of times as my grandma and it was my dad's mum innit mm-hmm. so I remember like I think his mum was quite old she was over a hundred or something so I heard the news that she passed and it proper bothered me Mm-hmm. Like, cause me, I have this weird thing. Like, when someone dies, I just proper picture it. Like, I proper like you. imagine. I'm like, raw. What do they look like now? Kind of thing. Like, I'm, I'm weird like that. Mm. So I, I, I was telling like, um, my my dad's like friends. Like, there were some people for some reason. Nigerians do something where they come and they have a celebration and a party. Which well, I have more Ghanaians. Nah, Nigerians. No, Nigerians do that. Ghanaians celebrate funerals, isn't it? They see it at the celebration. Like, I find that way. I said to my mom that time. Yeah, like, Nigerians do that as well. Bro, yeah. I said, why are they celebrate? This is a sad thing, fam. Mom's like, it's not sad. It's not sad. But anyway, something I found weird is that when There's you get old, you're not meant to be sad. Apparently. Like, they were like, why are you sad? She's old. I was like, bruv, like, the woman died. And I remember my dad was, um, I kept saying to my dad, are you cool? Are you cool? He was like, it was cool. And then one of my aunties were like, why wouldn't he be cool? Like, she was old. So I guess, I don't know if it's a stigma or whatever. But I think it's, I think. I feel like we've, we view death differently to white people. I, I think. I think we do. Still. I feel like we view it like. We're not all sad enough, bro. Does, does that make sense? I mean, I, I think I can't. I think I kind of get what you're getting I at. Don't but, get it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I think oh, I'll try to. But I think, especially like to Iris' point about we. So we do. So there are the Nigerian community does do what you call it a celebration of life, and what the key thing is to take away is, and that's the reason why I'm able to keep going is because I do celebrate my mom's life, mm. right? So like I'm not sad. I'm sad that she's gone. Mm. But I'm happy that she lived. Got to experience her. That I got to experience her. I'm happy that she gave me three other incredible siblings. Um, she shout out my G's as well. Yeah. Come and don't know. Um, I am who I am because of the I am, and also because of my mum. Mm. And so, to to your point about why why are the older generation 
maybe don't experience sadness, quote unquote sadness, mm. it's because they are thinking about that. They're thinking about more so what that person was able to achieve in their lifetime. Mm, yeah. Because I think maybe, and again, I don't want, I don't make a sweeping generalization. Is that we do we do think that we are at this at this moment in time in our twenties or in our early twenties or early thirties. We think we are. We, we think we're infinite. <laughs> we're, yeah, <laughs> we're not parents. Though. Yeah. I'm I'm only fifteen. <laughs> Apex prime baby. Yeah. Um, but we do think we like we were immortal. We do think, and that's mm. why maybe we we were like, oh, actually, shouldn't you be sad? But at at that age, you're like, yeah. I would have like imagine I don't know, imagine twenty years from now, you you got like, your youth, you've got, you've got, like, you've got some lost friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. You've got like everyone's got goals. Everyone's you've got, made like, it imagine, in your yeah. career, and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone and goals change, and things change, yeah, but. Yeah. Again, like I said, it was just to go back to my point a bit. I'm not, I'm sad and I'm upset at times, but I'm more happy just because I see basically the fruits, you know, the fruits of the labor and all that. Yeah. And so. But what, 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 what if you're someone whose parents, how to put this, what if you're someone who, you lost someone who wasn't well liked, who wasn't well respected, you lost someone who, but what's well, like you mean, like by a community or by yeah, them? or like you know, so you have a lot of happy memories of your mum, right? Yeah. What if it's someone who never got along with a parent? You, you and your dad or mum used to argue all the time. How? Oh, okay, yeah, I get you. How do they deal with it? Like, I'm not sure. You know, maybe maybe that's not something you can relate because you were fortunate enough to have a good relationship yeah. with your mum. A lot of people aren't. Mm. A lot of people hate. But would they care then? Don't know. I think I, I ultimately, I don't. I don't. I think it's. I think it's wrong to assume that someone might not care if they've lost a parent. I mean, they might even if they don't have a very maybe they might not have a particularly great experience with their parent it's still their parent uh, yeah. and again it does go back to a point of depends on the person yeah it depends on the person and then it does go to a, back to a point of everyone definitely does grieve differently like imagine in that in that in that scenario they might not care that they've died mm. potentially they might not but you know it's like again i can't comment myself because i've had a good experience <coughs> yeah, no, with, with, but i think you know that is actually a good point. That's I've I've never, but I've never really spoken to people who more have. But I, I don't. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I never wanted to, especially when I do talk about my mum. And because again, it's like sometimes it's a personal thing. Yeah. I never want to come across like being the sensitive because there are people who might not have generally had good experiences growing up with their parents. Hundred. Yeah. Hundred, bro. Uh, I think well, one last stigma <coughs> that um don't really want to go into because we spoke about dating in the last episode. Some people tend to like avoid people who have had one or two losses. Thanks, Rowan. Yeah, start that. So, yeah, so um, um, I, one one last stigma is that some people tend to, and I, know I don't want to talk about it a, a lot because we talk about dating a lot in our last uh, pod, and it's not every day that. But a lot of people tend to have the stigma of, I'm not going to get involved with people who have lost loved ones. Have you, you, heard, you, have you have you seen that stigma before? Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard like, okay, really? This girl's interesting, yeah. but you know what? She lost her dad, or she lost her mum. I'm not sure if to get involved in that. I've heard so especially like if that. it happened recently, I know, yeah. I think. Like if they're still dealing with, I mean, with some people tend to avoid that. Yeah, people to, tend to avoid people because they've lost a parent. Or they, they tend to avoid yeah. not just a parent, but they've lost someone close, and they tend to avoid building relationships with that person because they don't know what that person's mental state is, how that person's dealing with it. And there's this, this taboo around maybe that person, you know, not to be around people whose friends and family have died because 
that is annoying some uh, in some communities. The superstitious. Maybe it's about even it. a burden on them. Yeah. Like they'll lean on them too much on that one. Like, no, that's that's a. Don't know about that one. To be honest. Yeah. Now, look, I remember one person said that um, when when they lost their loved one, she felt like people was quite avoiding them as if they're like a plague or something. I remember my lot my friend a long time ago lost both parents. Mm. Both parents. An orphan now, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, she could tell the vibe from people like, keep, people kept wanting to help her, and like, she's like, no, leave me alone. And people kept wanting to avoid getting intimate with her because they felt like maybe she's this bad person or just taboo yeah. over her head. Yeah. And I thought that just shows a lack of a lack of a, like knowledge and a bit of ignorance around it. I think the only thing with that I can think of is what we were saying earlier about not knowing what to say, not really knowing how to handle it in terms of that person, they may think that person wants to be alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a lot of people don't, like, you know he spoke about um, someone sending you a text message, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there might not be any ill will and sometimes they just don't know what to do. Of course, they, you do get some people who want to, um, uh, who want to message you because they, they, want, they don't want it to be a thing where they don't, mm-hmm. as opposed to people who genuinely do love you and care for you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the most awkward situations bring out the worst character traits and that's just, that's not because they're bad people, but yeah, they're just do. awkward people, right? Uh-huh. I think it's, it goes back to this understanding that especially for the first few weeks or a couple of months or even a year it could be quite turbulent for someone. In in that case, I'm just using that example that you said that someone might want to get intimate with someone just because they've lost uh, a parent or lost a family. It's, it's just, it's, it's a tough one because mm. again, in my experience, just people knowing people were there, even though I didn't want to speak to them initially, was, I was like, at that time, I'm going to think back and feel like at that time, these people were there, these people were present. And I might take time. And it, and, and it's always like cliche about like time heals. Mm. And um, time heals all pain, I think, something along those lines. But it is, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a stigma, but it's something that, again, if it's, if you are trying to talk to someone you're trying to, I don't I don't think they're gonna, they're gonna be interested in, in that thing, especially if they are dealing with something like that. I yeah, cause, cause yeah. I know the, um, one friend that I know of, um, not a direct friend, but a friend I, I, I knew about, how she was dating this guy, mm-hmm. and then he lost his mum, mm-hmm. and she was thinking of any relationship, but she couldn't now because of that, and she had to stay for another two years in that relationship. Yeah. So yeah, that's I hear you still. Yeah. All right, Shay, can we get, thanks again, bro, like quickly, just top three tips that you would give to someone listening and um, kind of resonate. So someone listening to what we could do, with, uh, the first, especially the first few weeks, is to give that person time. Yeah. Um, show, them that you're, show them that you're there, present. Yeah. Um, they might not be responsive to you. Um, second, uh, second thing for someone who is going through that, but well, this is for someone who wants to support someone who wants to um, who's yeah. lost a parent. So again, as I'd mentioned, give that person time, mm-hmm. show them that you're present, mm-hmm. and then like it's different. But try not to avoid the whole. Oh, like when you when you communicate with them, try not to just try to check on how they're doing. Like it's not it's not an immediate. All right, this person is now buried. I don't talk to this person ever again because yeah. that's 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 something that I didn't. Well, not I mean, I don't know because I think because at this point I know I know who's who my close family are, who are my friends are. Do you lose friends through this? No, no, I don't really think if if they just like I said, some some people are just disingenuous. They're not. They're just yeah. they're just doing it because they just say, oh, like I've I've heard you lost someone, you've done it, yeah. and then at that moment in time, you never hear from them again. Mm. but yeah so again for those I think so that's only two but I think the, for especially if you're trying to support someone who's lost a parent is to give them time 
be patient with them, especially because mm. they're, they're going to go through something that's obviously really difficult and just try to be present. Cool. If you are someone who has just recently lost a parent, is um, practical things you can do is obviously uh, think about think about what what that means for you now going forward. Do they have anything that you might need to get involved in? Do you might need to communicate with someone? Um, secondly, is that, is that grieve how you want to grieve. Don't listen to anyone tell you how you should grieve mm. because everyone grieves differently. There's no best practice. There's no best practice. Yeah. And again, the third is just again, just about time. You might, you may never ultimately get over that experience because that person, that said person isn't going to be there anymore. But what you can do is, you know, just like, and what really helped me was again, relying on that network, whether that's like a religious network or, yeah. or even just friends or just being, or even a partner and being, uh, being able to have those conversations. And even if that does look like therapy, there are resources out there like the Under. network that I mentioned that could be able to help you. And you aren't alone in this experience. Jeez. There are dozens of people and especially that this pod, yeah. having that is good because there are many dozens of people who've not one who haven't experienced it. So they mm. can at least know how to support people. Yeah. And secondly, that there are dozens of people who have experienced that and it's not just the death of a parent it's, it's a friend through like gun violence or yeah. anything do you know what I mean like that it could be a series of multiple of things 100%. so yeah man like Shay mad love bro mad love where can they find you if they wanna like uh, that, boy so. I'm not, I don't really have anything to promote <laughs> get really cool, out in the open that's not top secret at the moment what about, what about your photography um, nah not even that <laughs> um, you can find me on socials and Instagram Shay Olu man like Shay Olu uh, how do you yeah. spell that fam S-H-A-Y O-L-U obviously follow the podcast my city podcast or everything as always my mad love mad love for checking in for listening in for sharing all of that man just appreciate it appreciate the growth appreciate everything Ire where can they follow you um, follow me on twitter Ire Liwa which is I-R-A-Y-L-I-W-A follow me on instagram Ire.ae which is I-R-E.ae uh, follow us follow me Sam underscore Luco everything uh, and follow us on YouTube subscribe leave a review uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Castbox, and love, everywhere love, else. Love, 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 love.